It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Eat me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, and it is presented, of course, by DraftKings. One of the best fantasy podcasts in the world. You have come to the right place. We've been around a long time. My name is Ross Tucker, former NFL player. Five teams over the course of seven years. Had an awesome journeyman career. It was a heck of a lot of fun. And I was able to parlay that into a career where I continue to not have a real job. Because I just talk about the football. On television, radio, and here on various podcasts, was fascinated to hear the breakdown of me being up 33 units on the Even Money Betting podcast this year that we went over yesterday with our guy Grades. Alex Anzalone, the free agent linebacker to be for the Detroit Lions was on today's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Tomorrow we'll have Greg Cosell. We're actually going to talk next week here on the Fantasy Feast Podcast, a little free agency preview, and discuss why it is important to talk about these players a little bit before they sign with new teams or re-sign with their current teams. We'll get into that next week. You can check me out on social media, and I really appreciate those of you that do. At Ross Tucker NFL. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I'm not doing Snapchat. It's like that movie where the guy says, I'm not drinking effing Merlot. I'm not getting on Snapchat. But I am on all the other ones that you could possibly want to be on. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. I'm just telling you, our guy, Jack Connell, does an unbelievable job. Instagram Reels, Facebook, Twitter, um TikTok, make sure you're following Ross Tucker Pod for the highlight clips of this show and others. Star of this show is Joe Dolan. I'm just telling you, just Google it. Just Google top-ranked fantasy analyst over the last five years, 10 years, uh, top five fantasy analysts. Like the proof is in the put. There are actually websites out there that do these breakdowns. And my guy at FG underscore Dolan, the fantasy gangster is the guy that gets it done. And today's an interesting episode, Joe, because last week we talked about some of the lessons you took away from the season, really on a macro level. This week, we want to talk more about some of the lessons we learned about specific positions. And we're going to feed off of fantasypoints.com, the article by the godfather of fantasy football, the guru, John Hanson, one of your partners at fantasypoints.com. I don't know if the code 23 feast is ready yet, but do, do you know the deal yet, Joe? 22 feast, 23 feast? Well, well, I know right. that it's early birds. They don't get the special, but right. I don't want to get bird discount. Is, the early bird discount is out there, Ross. Let me tell you something. Um, if you if you uh, heard about the site and subscribe from the site, reach out to me on social media, and, and, and uh, we'll uh, we'll make note of that. Uh, yeah, the early bird special is still going, Ross. Only, ooh, it's, it's March 1st. Only through the end of this month. 
It's March already. You kidding me? It's like 80 degrees outside here in Greenville, South Carolina. So it feels like it's June, but uh, now March only until the end of the month is our early bird special going. So uh, uh, I would, I would advise getting on that. All right. So let's get to, I agree. Let's get to some of his takeaways. Uh, Let's, let's go position by position and let's start at quarterback. Um, I thought it was interesting you know, I don't know what some of your takeaways were, but one of the ones he said um, is that the cheat code is great if it's affordable. And by cheat code, he's all about the quarterbacks that give you some rushing yardage and rushing touchdowns, correct? That's exactly right. And um, the cheat code Let's just say uh, the Rich Rebars talked about this, the Konami code, the cheat code. I used to use the Konami code to mean something else. Um, but what 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 has essentially become acceptable in fantasy football parlance and what has become just kind of ubiquitous in fantasy football parlance is the Konami code quarterback. The quarterback who produces so much with his legs that it doesn't even matter. If he's a great thrower, it doesn't even matter if he doesn't have a great game as a thrower because he's going to do an amazing job uh, for you um, just producing as a runner. Now, in past years, there were cheap quarterbacks who could run and you could find them up and down the draft board. Jalen Hurts, last season, two seasons ago. Um, you had Josh Allen three seasons ago before he really broke out. You could argue Justin Fields this past year ran for over a thousand yards. He was pretty cheap as a quarterback, but here is the issue. Those guys, those cheap guys are getting harder and harder to find. Justin Fields is going to graduate, whether he's a Chicago bear or not this year. Justin Fields is going to graduate into being a guy who's drafted in the top six, seven, eight at the quarterback position. Not necessarily cheap. Jalen Hurts could be the first quarterback off the board this year. Not cheap. So we're starting to see guys like Jalen Hurts, like, like Justin Fields, the market is correcting itself. Those guys, oh, they're not great passers, okay? Well, I think Jalen Hurts proved this year that he is a great passer. Justin Fields has yet to do that. But Justin Fields isn't going to have to do that before he's being drafted in the top seven or eight at the quarterback position. The discount is gone. There was really only one quarterback this year. Maybe Justin Fields, I think, can, can, can count. You know, he was dropped often at the beginning uh, of the season after he started slow. But the other one who was really cheap and produced a whole lot as a runner this year was Daniel Jones. Ran for over 700 yards. I think each and every year, it's going to be harder and harder to find the next Daniel Jones. Because if a quarterback comes into the league and they're like, oh, he's going to be somebody who's going to contribute as a runner. Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, those two guys. I think Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are considered more of the pocket passer types this year. Um, so I'm not sure how high those guys will be drafted depending on what teams they go to. But I think somebody like a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson is going to have an increased um, uh, ADP simply because of the notion that those guys are going to run. So it is harder and harder to find those cheat code quarterbacks. And every now and again, maybe we'll find one. 
Maybe Daniel Jones, if he goes to a new team or, you know, the Giants are unable to really improve their receiving core, maybe he once again is affordable for fantasy this year, but the market is correcting itself. I'm not entirely sure the cheat code exists. Those quarterbacks exist, but the problem now is everybody knows they exist. So you are not going, Jalen Hurts might be a top 25 pick in fantasy football this year. If you want that cheat code, you're going to have to pay for it which means it's not a cheat code anymore. What about another lesson from Hanson? Offensive coordinators matter and continuity is ideal. I think what John's getting at here is he might be, John has already said, um, and I wish we had him on here, but uh, he's currently doing other media obligations right now. What I think he said he's going to be prepared to be out on Jalen Hurts this year, not because he's down on Jalen Hurts, but merely because the increase of price vis-a-vis the fact that Jalen Hurts is going to have a new play caller this year might resemble that of Josh Allen from last year. Now, Josh Allen, statistically pretty similar in 2022 as he was in 2021 when Brian Dable was his offensive coordinator. But I think you'll agree, Ross, the eye test showed that there was a little something missing there with Josh Allen. Maybe a little bit more up and down, a little bit more mistake prone. Is there going to be a drop-off with Jalen Hurts in that regard? Now, on the on the flip side, you know, I thought John was a little too harsh on Doug Peterson last year, but it was hard to deny that Doug Peterson was going to be a huge upgrade on Urban Meyer, who was the worst coach maybe we've ever seen, which increased to um, some potential for Trevor Lawrence. So you want to look at some of these new coaching hires which good teams lost an offensive coordinator? We're talking about a team like the Eagles. Which teams that maybe struggled offensively added a new offensive coordinator? I'm talking here about the LA Chargers. Kellen Moore, we've discussed him on this program. Based on the numbers that Dak Prescott was was providing on a throw-by-throw basis, average depth of target, we can make an... Uh, maybe not a completely solid inference, but we can make a decent inference that Kellen Moore's style is going to fit Justin Herbert a heck of a lot better than Joe Lombardi's style. So we want to look at these new hires. We want to say, hey, look, continuity is good for Jalen Hurts. He's not learning a new system, but is Brian Johnson going to be as sharp a play caller as Shane Steichen? That is something we don't know. That's not to say Brian, Brian Johnson might end up being a better play caller than Shane Steichen, but we don't know that to this point. So maybe that's something you take into account when you're drafting a quarterback position. That's interesting. I mean, obviously, I felt like it hurt Brady a lot with Byron Leftwich. I, I was talking with some Bucks players, and, um, well, they were not overly complimentary about Byron Leftwich is probably the nicest way um, that I can phrase that. So I think that's probably a pretty good example, too, um, as well. So – I think that's interesting for sure. Um, any other quarterback ones that jump out to you? Um, those were the big ones. I mean, he says this is every. Uh, uh, oh, I you kind of well, you kind of mentioned that one already. Um, this is my favorite. If you've stunk in the past, you'll probably continue to stink. Yeah. So. 
the big I think, <laughs> John John like uh, I mean the thing I think a lot of people love about John is like he'll break it down and he'll tell you like it is in a year in an era where people are throwing around a dot like I just did and EPA and QPS and UPS and FedEx and all this stuff John will just tell you plain now there's one kind of recurring theme throughout John's quarterback lessons learned which by the way is free at the website um and it's that Geno Smith was kind of an exception to this rule. And when I go back and look at Geno's career, though, I'm like, man, how many shots did Geno really actually get? You know, like, he he was drafted at the end of the Rex Ryan tenure. And, you know, like, he was a second-round pick. So there's no it, – it's not he doesn't have that stigma of a first-round pick. But Geno Smith was kind of like the the, the thing that, like, really just maybe threw a wrench into all these things but what john's saying is like oh baker mayfield and i was totally guilty of this oh baker mayfield man he's gonna he's gonna come in and he's gonna be a huge upgrade on sam darnold no he he wasn't baker mayfield was terrible last year and he was worse this year Jameis winston people were drafting Jameis as like a he his Jameis winston's adp was as the quarterback 20 and the Saints just essentially benched him like right away like Sam Darnold, oh, he's always been terrible. Mitchell Trubisky, he's always been terrible. Like the these guys are going in the twenties for a reason. For every Geno, for every Jared Goff, who by the way is taking his team to a Super Bowl, so I don't think Jared Goff deserves to be in the same tier as a Mitchell Trubisky. There are twenty guys like Mitchell Trubisky who are like, well, you know, he's in a new situation. Maybe he'll run a little bit more. You can have those guys. You can have them. I'll, I'll take the young guys. I'll take the ascending guys before I before I dig into a guy like that. Um, let's get to the running back lessons. But before we do, I really, really want to emphasize this. I don't know who said it. Maybe Ben Franklin. You probably know Joe. A penny saved is a penny earned. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Remember, if you ever take advantage of any of our sponsors, you can email me, ross at rawsucker.com. Sponsors like Rocket Money and ask Joe any personal question you have. Average person has around 12 paid subscriptions. 12. Think about how many you have. You can't name 12. You probably do, though. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com feast. That's rocketmoney.com feast. Rocketmoney.com slash feast when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As for running backs, Joe, 
Um, he likes to go uh, with youth, but he also said he's writing guys off too early, or at least we as a fantasy community are writing guys off too early. And he talked about Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders and thinking about those guys getting drafted after A.J. Dillon and after Kareem Hunt, Joe. Yeah, that this was a um, this was a discussion that we had on on last week's podcast because this was a major lesson for me as well. And I think to reiterate the point, I mean, because I like this point, Ross, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to reiterate it. And I th- I don't know if John is going to um, express this point the same way I did, but hell, I'm going to do it. This is my show. When a guy who has a track record of success, now this is this is important here. Because, you know, it was very easy to talk me into Clyde Edwards-Alaire last year, even though he doesn't really have a track record of success because he was playing in the Chiefs offense. Turns out there was Chiefs running backs who were going to have success in that offense. It just wasn't him. Somebody like a Miles Sanders and a Josh Jacobs, who John highlighted uh, specifically in this article, David Montgomery is somebody you can highlight in in this area as well. Somebody who's had success, who the entire fantasy community is off, for one reason or another, I think it's really important to look at those guys and maybe make a mental list. All right, here's why everybody's off on Miles Sanders. He didn't score a touchdown last year. Kenny Gainwell's in his second year. He's a he's he's a free agent. The Eagles don't trust him on third downs. They don't trust him as a receiver, blah, blah, blah. All right, all of that played into Miles Sanders being a seventh, eighth round pick. All right, I understand that. But... Look at the flip side. What could go right for Miles Sanders? Well, we know the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. We know Jalen Hurts is a running threat who really opens up the run game for the running backs as well. What can go right for Josh Jacobs? Well, the number two running back on this team is really just a fourth-round rookie in Zamir White who has had some injury problems. You know, what could go right for those guys? And what could go right for David Montgomery? Well, we don't know what the new offense is going to look like, but what if they decide to feature him and not Khalil Herbert? We have to look at these things and weigh them and see is the upside of drafting a guy in the eighth round who everybody has quit on, everybody's forgotten about, because they want the next sexy thing at running back. Like that, the the running backs don't matter thought. Not that this is based in falsehoods but the thought the train of thought has permeated throughout fantasy oh teams are just gonna run these guys into the ground for three years and then they're gonna draft somebody in the third round and they're gonna replace the guy and that has created some buying opportunities for guys who are really good football players miles sanders josh jacobs David Montgomery were among those cases this year. So when the draft boards settle, I'm going to be very interested to see who are some of those even veteran running backs. Miles Sanders is like 25 years old, but he's a veteran running back. Who are some of those veteran running backs on this year's draft board? Who are going to slip through the cracks? Who are going to be the guys who aren't going to be expensive and have a top 15 kind of season as part of their range of outcomes? And those are going to be guys I'm going to be targeting this year. He talked about as well, he said, boring works as well. Talked about yeah. James Conner, Jamal Williams, um, and just said, like, it's okay to take guys 
RB 18 and they end up RB 19. Yeah. Like James like, Conner. Right. It's and, and James Conner was another guy who, I mean, he, he's a guy I didn't regret not drafting this year. Like I was like essentially doubling down. I didn't take James Conner in his awesome 2021 season. I didn't like him at all. He had an awesome season. I missed on him this year. I kind of doubled down on him. He was one of those guys who, and these guys exist for at every position. Well, if you didn't take him, you don't really regret not taking him. But if you did, you don't regret taking him. I kind of view him in the same vein as like a Juju Smith-Schuster at the wide receiver position or who I was completely off of. And I was like, you know, for the first like half of the season, I looked wrong. And for the second half of the season, I looked right. You know, he's one of those guys who it just doesn't really matter if you took him or not. But you can fill out your roster with those guys. And oftentimes, at least at the beginning of the season, you know, teams are going to default to these boring guys. And Jamal Williams has this skill at the goal line. And he's great at the goal line. And teams trust him to do that. So those are guys at the beginning of the season, before maybe some of these younger guys break out, you're able to put in your lineup, keep you – it doesn't matter. If you if you need to go – let's say you need to go 9-6 uh, and six to make the playoffs in your fantasy league. Ross, it doesn't matter if – if those nine wins came in the first nine weeks of the season, you're still getting in the playoffs. Now, of course you want to improve your team. So it succeeds in the playoffs, but a win in week one means the same as a win in week 15, even if it doesn't seem that way. So James Conner, these boring guys who could fill out your roster. There's a reason they're going in the eighth, ninth round, but there's a reason that you can take them there. And then I'm not saying you don't ever look to upgrade on them, but get the wins, put the wins in the bank and then try to try to massage your team from that point forward. Some of the other running back lessons he felt like that got reaffirmed, Joe, father times winning percentage is still high. It is. And he's out on declining players. Talked about Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, etc. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. This is the the old philosophy, and it's a philosophy for me at almost every position. I'd rather be a year too early than a year too late. Like, if I'm going to draft a guy in the second round, I better be pretty confident that that guy is going to be um, somebody who can contribute to my team. And, you know, I saw Joe Mixon going in the second round of a draft that was done on SiriusXM this year. I mean, forget about it. I don't even think he's going to be a Cincinnati Bengal. So um, I'd rather be a year too early in getting out on a guy than a year too late in getting out on a guy. Again, these are not hard and fast rules. Jonathan Taylor got hurt this year. You know, he's a young guy who had never been hurt before. Some of those things are going to happen, but there are some things you can take away from other positions. He also had one that complimentary players are usually fool's gold. Oh, I and this is a trap I fall into every year. Oh, you know, this guy could catch 70 passes and this guy could do all that. Kenny Gainwell was one of my most drafted running backs this year. And uh, unfortunately for him, uh, Miles Sanders scored all the touchdowns. Now, Gainwell did come through at the end of the season and in the playoffs when he had kind of outplayed Miles Sanders. But uh, these are the kind of guys who I, I don't want to get into the habit of building my my uh best ball running back teams around i want to uh, you you do want to end up taking guys later like an isaiah pacheco who might end up 
usurping the majority of the carries in the backfield. I think that's part of the lesson here. Last one is he said, forget the timeshare concerns if a young stud is involved and referenced Javante Williams and Brees Hall. In terms of, look, if you got a young stud, don't be worried about the timeshare concerns. Yeah, and this is one that might actually be a lesson we can prove actionable in 2023. Because both Brees Hall and Javante Williams got hurt. And what I think John's getting at here is, as frustrating as it was to see the freaking Broncos force feed touches to Melvin Gordon when he has a fumbling problem when Javante Williams is ripping off seven yards every time he touches the football as frustrating as it was to see the Jets force Michael Carter onto the field despite Brees Hall outplaying him those situations work themselves out Melvin Gordon got cut now of course he got cut after Javante Williams got hurt but if Javante Williams didn't get hurt Melvin Gordon was going to be cut anyway, and Javante Williams was probably going to be a league winner. If Brees Hall didn't get hurt, Brees Hall would have finished as a top five running back this year, if not higher. So maybe that's a situation we can exploit. Oh, this guy's the veteran. He's he's going to be the starter, even though we took a running back in the top 50 of the draft. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. And, And I'm a little concerned. Even though I thought these guys had great rookie seasons, I'm a little concerned for guys like Damian Pierce and Tyler Algier, who don't have high draft capital, who had pretty good rookie seasons. If those teams use a high draft pick on a running back, I'm going to be more in on those guys than the guys who had these uh, good rookie seasons as, as lower round draft picks. I'm going to be drinking beer while you do that, Joe. It's going to be Labatt Blue Light. Lots of things are better together. Minor league hockey, like I went to the Bears game on Sunday, Hershey Bears, food, golf, if you're into that. If you want to really take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You know, it's interesting, Joe, because one of his wide receiver lessons, he needs to take a closer look at teams that don't really use a third wide out that much, which I think was your point last week Mm -hmm. about the five teams having two receivers in the top 19. Yep, there were five teams that had like put two receivers in the top 19, which means there was a good chance an NFL team's number two receiver was your number one receiver on your fantasy team. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, you know, were guys. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell were all guys who finished, you know, top ten type of wide receivers. And that's a big one. Do not underrate the second receiver on an elite passing offense, especially if the guy is super talented. Now, again, there are caveats to all of these things. We were, and I was put, I'm not going to deny this, I was pushing Gabe Davis for the same exact reason. 
Turns out he got hurt, you know, at the beginning of the year, which I think affected him. Maybe he's just not suited to be a number two, but I'm still going to try to attack these teams where, all right, we know the quarterback's good. We know the passing offense is good. Maybe that number two receiver is a little unsettled. I want that guy. You know, I want that guy before I want a uh, number one receiver on a bad passing offense, say like Darnell Mooney uh, of, uh, in that regard. So that is certainly something that John took away. That was the same takeaway for me. One of the other ones he had was showing some patience with young breakout candidates. And this year he mentioned Christian Watson Mm -hmm. and Christian Watson, uh, Elijah Moore, two years ago, we know what happened with Elijah Moore uh, in 2022. Um, I will be drafting a ton of Elijah Moore this year, especially if they get uh, Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, but Christian Watson, you know, these talented guys, especially if they have high draft capital, it, you, it's okay to be patient with them. You know, like I, I can't tell you how many ro- leagues that I was in where somebody dropped Garrett Wilson and then the Jets benched Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson blows up. Again, there was a second side to this coin. You could have held on to a guy like Sky Moore all season and it just never happened. But it is oftentimes worth just being a little bit patient with these guys and then seeing what can happen if the light bulb comes on at some point during the season, especially if it's a guy like Watson who had some injury issues and we know the Packers needed wide receivers. Last one, Joe, and we'll get into a tight end lesson next week when we talk about the free agency preview a little bit. But he wants you to be aware of super spreaders. (laughs) New England, Frank Reich, Jets, Titans, Broncos, Panthers, Saints, teams that really spread it around and have that philosophy. You know, how often have I come on this show as a fantasy guy whining like about teams? Throw it to your good players. It can't be that hard. And now sometimes, like, maybe maybe the, there's a chance where, like, a guy like Patrick Mahomes is so good where he can just throw it to anybody. But look at that chief receiving core. Which of those chief wide receivers did a whole lot for you for fantasy this year? It was Travis Kelsey and Jarek McKinnon and maybe a little Pacheco, and that's about it. So even the Chiefs, even Patrick Mahomes, the MVP of the league, didn't really have a wide receiver who was worth a hell of a lot for fantasy football. I'm going to be drafting Kadarius Tony this year, I can tell you that much, but that's because of how cheap he is. But teams like that who are intentionally just like, oh, we're going to throw the ball to our fourth receiver. Um, Sean Payton is guilty of that. Not necessarily teams that you want to get too excited about from a fantasy perspective. Check this man out on social media, at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. You can always watch the show if you want youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL next week. You are not going to want to miss it. We are previewing free agency and what it means for the fantasy football players involved. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the fantasy feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, even money business of sports and the college draft all available at apple podcasts, Ross or wherever podcasts can be found. 
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.